1967, Roland Barthes wrote La Mort de l'Auteur, The Death of the Author, an essay proclaiming that the opinions of an author on what his text may mean are irrelevant to the interpretation of said text. In 2020, Julian and Magnus Dora decided that the author's abilities are just as irrelevant. This is Kill the Author. Hello and welcome to Kill the Author. I'm Julian. I'm Magnus. And we're here for episode two of School Days. Now, this one was kind of exhausting. A lot a lot happens in this episode. A lot happens and simultaneously not a lot happens. That's the, that's the struggle of School Days, I think. I think there's worse filler episodes yet to come. Yeah. But but also, like, the filler episodes are often the ones where the most shit happens, just in a very small amount of time. Basically, what we realized after the first episode and after our first attempt at recording this episode yeah. is that um, dedicating, you know, dedicating just one episode to one episode of the show is way too little. We need to make two episodes per episode of the show. Which, yeah, of course, like, how could anyone be concise about a 20-minute episode? Uh, that's completely impossible. We need so much more time for this. We're getting pretty close to uh, going through it frame per frame at this point. But uh, 10 minutes per episode should be fine, I think. Yeah. So the very first scene takes place in a mall. It's mostly a clip show. Uh, mm. It It's... It's the date that happens. The very first date between Makoto and Kitonoha. Mm -hmm. So uh, one thing I noted was that the very first shot is a shot of the sky, mm. followed by the camera panning down. I only noted this because the first episode starts in the exact same fashion. But considering it only happens, aside from that, in episodes 6 and 11... So you went through every single episode to check if the first shot is from the sky downwards? I mean, it's just the first shot. <laughs> it just took a minute. I didn't skim through every episode again. It's still so much more commitment than I am. <laughs> I respect it. I deeply respect it. Um, so I believe there's no point at all to be made about this. Um, unless you have a different opinion on there at all. There's, there's probably not... Like, okay, the only thing I can think of is... That it pans down from the sky to the world. Which the is, world? Yeah, that's mm. Sekai. That's, that's <laughs> a bit of a stretch. That all makes sense. I'm no, going, I get it. Going a little bit overboard on that one. Mm. Uh, it's probably just a cost-cutting thing. Like, especially in old anime or, like, in low-budget anime, you see that a lot, that there are a lot of panning shots uh, where basically you don't need new animation. You just show the entire frame you painted uh, for, like, ten seconds. So uh, next we see a we see Makoto reading a love manual. Mm -hmm. It says two thousand seven on it. <laughs> I don't think that's that's too relevant. We're probably in two thousand seven, <laughs> but I think this is relevant because in the previous episode there was a point about Kotonoha reading books all the time to mm. the point where she doesn't really pay attention to anything else. Yeah, it's, that's like the one thing Makoto knew about her. That's the that one she thing. She reads books and goes home. The one thing the movie went out of its way... The movie, the show went out of its way to explain to us. Yeah. Makoto was just sort of watching. And now we're in the opposite situation. Because while he's sitting there 
reading the love manual, Kotonoha just stands there and looks at him. Mm-hmm. So I see that as a role reversal. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of a role reversal. It's... I don't know if they did that intentionally. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think it's more interesting. This this love manual shows up a few times in this episode. This is kind of the episode of the love manual, which seems to be like some... Uh, like, the, the only real hint we get at what it says is things like uh, when he sits there, when he stands there and reads the book, he reads out that waiting uh that like being late for a date is outdated that Mm -hmm. that's something you don't do anymore these days so assume it's like basically yeah basically a dating manual we'll get we get a big back to that later on what this book means because i think it can be kind of illuminating about some of the themes of the show but yeah she arrives she's actually the one who arrives a bit late it's not him and uh, so basically being there early, as the manual tells him to, didn't do anything for him because he wasn't there already anyways. As soon as he notices she's there, he immediately comedically freaks out mm. and she apologizes. Running theme of this episode, Kotonoha yeah. apologizes. Kotonoha apologizes for shit Makoto does. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a constant in this episode. And after after that, after she arrives slightly late and apologizes for that, we get sort of a clip show of their date. Yeah. Uh, but also Dutch angles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this shows Dutch angles. So just just a real quick explanation. I'm gonna give you some film theory here for those who don't know what is a Dutch angle. A Dutch angle is basically when you film a scene with the camera slightly tilted. So usually you would hold the camera pretty much parallel to the ground with the shot, or the horizon is often used for that. Dutch angle means you're kind of tilting it. It's usually used to like freak the audience out a bit, to make a situation seem kind of strange because you don't usually view things like that in the same way that unnatural lighting colors are used, like green, for example, to give a sort of oppressive something's wrong here situation. So that's usually what Dutch angles are used for, to make a shot threatening and exciting. This show goes pretty far in the whole tilting the camera thing. I don't think School Days understands what it... It's what a Dutch angle is supposed to be. Yeah, it's like it's like Battlefield Earth. It's just constantly <laughs> Dutch angles. And like some of the Dutch angles are 90 degrees. Someone just accidentally kicked over the 2D yeah. camera. <laughs> Someone just kicked over the animation studio. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes between shots, it's going to go like, okay, it's 90 degrees tilted. And then the next shot is 90 degrees tilted into the other direction. So basically 180 mm. of the I, I know screen. what shot you mean, and I have some other notes about that shot in particular for later. Is that in this episode? That's, yeah, around the end. So that's around the end. Okay. our next episode then. Okay, okay. We're going to get to that then when we add to it. So let's just do a quick summary of what happens on this date. Uh, so we don't stick around here for ages. Because there's a lot to say on that. But uh, why don't you give us the run-through? So, first, Makoto shamelessly looks at a pin-up magazine. Yeah, they're in, a li- in like, a bookstore. It's like a off-brand Playboy. He just He's just looking into that thing with Kotonoha directly behind him. And then, as she notices, he's kind of just, like, gives him a smile. Mm, like, yeah. a slightly tortured smile. Like, yeah. this is... Oh, you. Yeah, she has that... 
Oh, <laughs> like that's that's what I hear in my head when I see that view she has. It's like a very slight smile. Her eyes are closed and her eyebrows are up in anguish. It's like, oh, okay, so this is what I'm dealing with. I mean, yeah. she has already been established as being too good for this anime. Yeah. But he, I mean, he notices and his reaction is just no reaction at all. Yeah, the question I ask in this is like, is that in his, was that in his love manual? Is that normal? <laughs> is that something the love manual said? Establish dominance by looking at boobs <laughs> on a date? <laughs> like, because later on, uh, it's talked about that kind of the reason why this date failed is because he read the love manual, because it told him to do certain things. Mm. So is this something the love manual told him? Who fucking wrote that book? <laughs> Assert dominance by looking at other, <laughs> other women's pinups. It's, it's a fucking pinup artist, but uh, pickup artist book or something like that. So then we get another couple of shots, including a shot where she's at like one of those machines. I forgot. I uh, don't like, know what Like claw them. machines. Yeah, the claw machines. Uh, where she kind of really wants those dolls in there. Yeah, th there's these like pink-haired cat character dolls, like cute chibi little dolls. They show up later on in the series too. They're like I don't know a mascot or something, and yeah. she wants to get one of those out of the claw machine. Mm -hmm. And um, around that time, Makoto kind of comes around the corner, his arms jam-packed with those little dolls. He very much overdoes it. He realizes she wants one of those dolls and gives her, like, ten, mm -hmm. despite her maybe just wanting to play the game, like, kind of win one, which I think she did. Like, we see her playing this game, I think, and she picks one up with the claw machine and puts it over. We don't see her getting it out, but I think she just won the game. Like, she actually did it. What is Makoto doing here? <laughs> He's, like, undercutting her victory. Next, we see uh, Makoto playing a arcade fighting game. Mm -hmm. Alone. A two-player arcade fighting, fighting game that he's playing alone. Uh, I just wrote down Bootleg Street Fighter. Yeah. Because in the top right corner, it does say the character he's playing is named Rai. Yeah. <laughs> Spelled R-Y-E. Uh, Rai. <laughs> playing against uh, a coma with his best friend, Kne. Uh, which, Kne. Uh, who's basically a red recolor of Rai. <laughs> Rai. Rai. <laughs> with other characters, Wheat. And other grains. I don't know grain names in English. Kotonoha, meanwhile, in this scene, just stands behind him and watches him play that game and win. And he turns around and gives her, like, a victory sign with his hand, which is, why didn't you play with her? And if she didn't want to play, why did you play? What is the game here, dude? To show off his awesome gaming skills. True. Uh, there's nothing more impressive to a woman than... Amazing gaming skills. It's true. Gamers are the ultimate chance. <laughs> he's a true gamer. <laughs> he's a true alpha gamer and he's trying to prove it. Uh, we'll get back to this. I, I have a bit to say about that once we get through the whole clip mm -hmm. show. Next, I think we get a clip in like the mall's restaurant. Mm. Where I think... Mm, yeah, yeah. Or a cafe or something in like that. In a cafe. Where I think Kotonoha is like still deciding what she wants. Mm. As Makoto just shows up with a plate filled with all kinds of food yeah, items. Yeah, like maybe the entire... The whole stock. Card. Uh, card. What's the name? Menu. menu. Yeah, like the entire menu. This is another instance, I think, of Makoto overdoing it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much just the same thing as the one before. It's it's hammering that point in. Makoto is overdoing mm -hmm. it. But I think it's kind of weird that like half the shots we see here in this clip show are Makoto overdoing it. And the other half of the shots are him being really disinterested and weird. Like, why is he playing that game? If the thing we're trying to get here is that he's 
too into it, too invested, that he overdoes it. Why is he looking at that pin-up magazine if the point we're trying to get is he's doing too much, he's getting too hard into it? I don't know. Maybe it's kind of setting up stuff for later, that despite him doing what the book says and overdoing it at this point, he's also just a piece of shit. He's also just a massive disinterested piece of shit. We get one more shot in this clip show yeah. of um, Kotonoha accidentally bumping into someone outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he like kind of bumps into, uh, like she kind of bumps into him and then he gets angry at her. And we it's it's without audio. We, we just hear soundtrack. So he kind of screams at her probably. Yeah. And then Makoto jumps in the way. And then as soon as that guy gets loud again, Makoto is like, ah, he, he no, like takes uh, a step no. back. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets he gets instantly terrified by the situation, and Kotonoha sort of has to step between them and apologize. Again, she apologizes again. She does the apology thing again. Then after that, the clip show basically ends, and we see the end of the day, which is essentially Makoto saying he had fun with Kotonoha while they say goodbye at the train station again. Yeah, and then comes I, what I believe is a very important little scene of Makoto just doing the kissy lips, the disgusting school days kissy lips, mm. expecting a kiss from Kotonoha in return. Yeah, he's like on the train and she's outside and he does the kissy lips at her, like sort of expecting his reward at this mm. point. Before he gets to though, the train doors close and the train drives off with him. Mm. And the scene doesn't end. But we did very clearly see that Kotonoha did not actually want to kiss him. Yeah, it or she was, I don't know, overwhelmed. But it really seems like she didn't mm. want to kiss him. Like, in the previous date, he's been overdoing it a lot. But I still got the vibe that he was at least trying. And I sort of appreciated that. Yeah. But now it feels like he was just doing this, expecting a kiss. Yeah, he was kind of just doing it for a reward. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah. I have something really big to say about this whole montage, but other things that happen in this episode will come back to that. So I think I'm just going to wait for that until the end of the episode and then give my entire thoughts on the whole themes after we're done with the summary, basically. All right. Next. Next, we get to the intro. Yeah. The intro has not been in the previous episode. Yeah. This is the first time it shows up. So this is also probably the only time we're going to go through it. Because mm. I don't think it ever changes. Yeah. The the opening is, I think, the same for all episodes. The ending changes sometimes, but the opening is, I think, the same. So, with the opening, the first thing I think we see, or is there something before that, is the title card. Yeah, uh, we just see a few pretty regular establishing shots of mm. our three protagonists. So, the title card has additional text on it. Has a little subtitle. Yeah, which I... Th think from what I've seen on Google and Google Images, that's also the subtitle of the visual novel. Also, I've been thinking, maybe somewhere while making this podcast, I should play the visual novel, maybe. maybe. Somewhere towards the end, to maybe give a little context to things. Because this text kind of gives me a thought about the visual novel that I haven't had before. I'm going to read it out real quick. In the school, the three guys met. Their relation has been changed in the season and turned into three love stories. So I guess shout us to Google Translator. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the unpaid intern who knows a little English. Yeah, it's, it's not perfect. But here's the thing that I find really interesting. 
if this is also the subtitle of the visual novel, then these lines, in this school, the three guys met and it turned into three love stories, that would mean that the visual novel is also mainly about these three characters. But maybe, it, what does three love stories mean? Three love stories is a bit debatable what that means, because there's kind of just... I mean, there's Makoto and Kotonoha and Makoto and Sekai. Yeah, but maybe there's a third one we just don't know of. But that's what I thought. Yeah, but there's, there's the talk of these three guys. And that's kind of what's confusing me. Because a lot of our interpretation of why the anime is so fucking weird as it is, is that they kind of try to cram all these t different people you can date into one show. And this would mean that's not the case. This would mean that the visual novel is also just about these three people with a supporting cast of maybe these other girls. Um, there are, There's a point later that I'm going to mention where I went through a list of characters there are that I saw on the mm. wiki. There's a wiki. Oh, okay. There's, uh, there's an insane amount of characters in the, in the visual novel, oh, it seems. There's way more than here? Yeah, there's so many. Oh, no. Like, so they did make cuts? <laughs> like 50 or something. I don't even know. Jesus Although I I did read that there's multiple novel visual novels in that setting. Like, they use the same setting over and over again. There's school days, there's, I don't know, summer days, and, like, a lot of other ones. Lots of days. Lots of days. And I know that... I, I found that out because I was Googling uh, Haramihama, which is the train station they always get by. And that's apparently one that shows up in all of these games. That's just a constant in that setting. Mm. So... Maybe these characters are split out of all these games. I don't know. I frankly don't need to know. But it would be interesting to know a little bit more about the visual novel. Yeah, let's go through the intro. So next we get a shot of first Kotonoha and then Sekai. Mm. In what I wrote down as a longing pose. They're kind of just standing there with their hands up like they're mm -hmm. expecting something. And what's interesting here, something that is repeated throughout the intro is first we get a show of Kotonoha doing something, yeah. repeated by the same shot again of Sekai doing the same thing, but mirror inverted. Mm. There's also these shots a bit later on. Like, yeah, it, it seems to show both of them in that intro. There's also a shot later on uh, where they're nude. And yeah, there's a few. <laughs> yeah, and what I was actually... I what actually wrote down here, and I thought was kind of interesting, was there's nipples. <laughs> yeah, <there's nipples. laughs> you don't see that of. in anime a lot like they're kind of obscured and the shots work in the way that you first see Kotonoha sort of turn around then you see Sekai sort of turn around and in that shot you afterwards see all the female characters too that mm -hmm. are in the show they also all turn around but let's wind back a little to where we just yeah. were because I, I wrote some more stuff down mm -hmm. so it, first it shows them both in like this longing pose and then we see a Shot of both girls, again, mirrored, this time with Makoto mm -hmm. in the background as well. And then a third shot of both of them standing in the darkness back to back. Mm -hmm. uh, the line in the song that plays there, it reads out, I don't know when you flew into my life, my blue angel. You smile at me as we pass, but I can only look at the ground. I just went ahead a little. That's actually from the, from the next shot. Mm. Uh, Kotonoha and Sekai kind of walking by Makoto, mm -hmm. again mirrored. With Makoto just looking off into the background without noticing them. Yeah. And then they both look into the ground, which coincides with the lyrics. You smile, as, at, you smile at me as we pass, but I can only look at the ground. Yeah. Yeah, so these lyrics. Uh, we've talked last time a bit extensively about the lyrics of the ending. Mm. Which, 
I argued, co- sort of prove one of my theories that Seika is sort of, sort of the focal point of the show. That she's sort of the one the plot is angled around because she's the one who impacts everything. Without her, nothing would have happened in the plot. She's kind of like, you can see her as, if you see her as a secondary character, she sort of fits the, she, she fills the role of like the manic pixie dream girl. Basically, the character who comes into some dude's life and spices it up and suddenly makes it interesting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you could also see it as her being sort of the catalyst of the plot and sort of the thing the plot is centered around. I think her character growth is the most interesting one. And I I personally thought that the intro sort of makes it seem even more like the plot is about her. But you had a different opinion on that. How I understood it is... With the lyrics always playing over identical shots of Kotonoha and Sekai, I thought that maybe it's supposed to tell me, it's supposed to tell us that the text could be sung by both of them. Mm-hmm. And during the chorus, um, there's actually two singers singing mm. the text. So uh, how I see this is, it's basically both characters expressing the same thoughts. Mm. And I mostly thought that was interesting because before this. Uh, the show really went out of its way to make it seem at least uh, to make it seem like Sekai isn't actually interested in being with Makoto aside mm. for the kiss. Yeah. And now that the intro plays, this is all thrown out of the window. Yeah. It's kind of like they're both longing for him. Whatever. Who cares? There's like an equivalence now. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Like both of them are sort of portrayed here in the same way towards. Makoto, if you look at it like that. So that's when we talk about literary analysis or visual analysis, that's a very solid point. Like the framing supports it, the way the lyrics are played and the way it's a duet at some point supports it. Mm -hmm. My personal perspective on why I think it still supports that Sekai is the main character is that the lyrics sort of fill the role of her dialogue at the end of the last episode. If you remember, at the end of the last episode, Makoto asked her, why is she doing this? And she basically said, the reason she's doing all of this is for fun and because she likes to impact sort of the lives of other people and see love bloom and stuff like that. And I feel the lyrics sort of look like that, like someone on the outside looking in and longing for something that's in there. Like, the way she described before that she's, like, with a reality show, looking outside, impacting what's happening in there. Here it's, she wants that person who's in there to come out to her, that blue angel, to learn how to fly and get on the outside with her. When, at this point, he can only smile at her when she passes. She only looks at the ground, which, again, is, like, looking down onto the world. The world. But they both do this. They both do this. They visually both do this at this this point, yeah. I just feel the lyrics sort of support that direction more. But both points are absolutely valid in this case. Uh, Next we get some really, really short shots of um, a phone and a notepad. I just thought those were um, noteworthy because this is kind of the way he communicates with them. Mm -hmm. He uses this notepad whenever he communicates with Sakai in class. Mm. And phones are kind of a running theme throughout the entire show. Yeah, the notepad and the phone are both sort of methods of talking about their feelings in this show. That's true. Like, both of these sort of fill that point. There's also the line, I turn back and call to you, but for now only in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't think anything, I just wrote it down. Yeah, that's that's the same, that's again something I think 
sort of fits with Sekai, who kind of, with the kiss before and with something that's going to happen a bit later in this episode, sort of has a very subtle way of trying to get together with Makoto, I think, if that's actually what they're going for in this case, which is sort of not trying at all, but hoping he picks up on it anyways, which is a bad idea because Makoto seems like the most imperceptive person I've ever seen. He just doesn't realize fucking anything, but yeah. And then we get the shot that you mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with, again, Kotonoha and Sekai first shown in winter clothes mm -hmm. while uh, there's snow in the background. And then shown um, on their own naked nipples and everything. Yeah. The snow thing, uh, I mostly just link this to the line that is there, uh, which says, it's an innocent pain that piles up like snow. Yeah. But... But <laughs> I, just, I just realized that yeah, there's well. only one point in the show where there's snow and where there's winter. Mm -hmm. We'll get to it way it's later. It's gonna be a while, but it's oh, the end of the show. <laughs> there's gonna be something we're gonna have to say about that. I'm sure by then. And then after this, um, with the naked shots, we get more naked shots. Yeah, like all the other girls. Mm, I wrote down the order they're in. First showing Setsna, who was mm -hmm. already in the last episode. She's the small one. Uh, then Kato, who shows up in this episode for the first time. Mm. Then Nanami and Hikari, who show up later in the show. Mm. And then I just wrote them down as squad. Which <laughs> is uh, three girls that were, yeah, 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 are yeah. sort of relevant. I, I couldn't exactly figure out their names, so I just wrote squad. They're somewhat relevant. But that's mm. sort of order of appearance then, uh, I assume. Like, they show up here in the order they appear in the episodes. Animes do that a lot. Yeah. When they show characters like that, yeah. Then we get another shot of Makoto. This time we see him, like, from inside the school's corridor. He's standing in the doorway, in in the backlight, with, like, orange light shining behind him. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, um... It, it has sort of a romantic feeling to it. Mm. And he just kind of stands there, and then he looks back at the camera as we get over to the next text. I also put the stone under longing. This <laughs> is kind of the way he's represented there. Like, he's desirable, Yeah, in a way. But also mm. it kind of reminds me of the last shot of the first episode, which was, again, this mass of gray people, where mm. we have this sudden light and Makoto turning around and then seeing all the female characters. Yeah, this is very similar because it coincides directly with the naked shots of all the characters. Yeah. And with a line, even if it means taking the long way around, I want my feelings to reach you. Mm -hmm. Shown over all of these characters. Yeah. I think this this tells me that all of these characters really want their feelings to reach him. <laughs> yeah, that's a running theme of the show. Everybody Everyone wants, wants a piece of him. Everybody wants a piece of Makoto. And, you know, I, I don't get it. But, you know, you do you, girls. You do you. Then we get one last shot of Kotonoha and Sekai. For some reason, I want Makoto in there. Mm. <laughs> I want Makoto. Kotonoha and Sekai... Throwing the blue feather into the air. And then we just see a shot of that blue feather in a puddle of water. Yeah, which again relates to that blue angel. Yeah, the blue angel thing. With the line, I hope you'll fly someday, my blue angel. Which I think is a callback to, I don't know when you flew into my life, my blue angel, from mm -hmm. the beginning. I wrote something a bit later in the episode down. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get to it with this episode or with the next one. But uh, I can mention it here because we've already seen it in the first episode. We have sometimes these shots of Makoto alone in his room, which last time we talked about how he uses the phone when he's in his room to sort of convey his real emotions, which he can't in person, to, for example, Sekai over phone. Mm -hmm. 
And so this situation was interpreted, I interpreted it as in his room, he's who he really is, basically. While outside, he kind of puts on a front or can't really be true to himself. The room itself is very gray and sort of emotionless and doesn't really convey a lot about him as a person. Maybe it conveys this passiveness, this not really being a part of things. But something I thought was interesting, in these shots, he almost always wears a blue pajama. Hmm. That's the only real color in the room, aside from like light wooden colors of the cupboard and his bed, basically. So the only real color we see in the area where Makoto is his true self is blue. So blue angel. Blue angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so blue angel. <laughs> I, I, I have some very particular <laughs> ideas about the blue angel thing. Okay. So uh, I, I just looked up Blue Angel and what I found is a bit out there. <laughs> okay. So, Der Blaue Engel or The Blue Angel is a German movie from 1930. Okay. Yeah. Um, you'll, you, I think you'll find the plot uh, curious when I tell you what that movie was about. Oh, please tell me. I'm a sucker <laughs> for intertextuality. Give me. Yes. So, um... The movie is about the protagonist who's a teacher in... Most movies are about protagonists, yeah. I've heard. <laughs> so it's about a teacher yeah. in a school in a pretty small town. His name is Rat. Mm-hmm. That's R-A-T-H. Mm. Um, but his students also call him Unrat, which is a German... Food, word for garbage. Which is a fancy German word for garbage. Yeah. Uh, because he's known for being incredibly strict all the time. Mm. And someday he discovers a picture from one of his students from a local club called Der Blaue Engel. Mm-hmm. Der Blaue Engel, the Blue Angel. Mm-hmm. And it shows a picture of one of the dancers there in a very kind of erotic fashion. Ah, so it's like a nightclub. Yes, uh, it's a kind of a, a nightclub. A burlesque thing. Yeah, the movie's from 1930, so I guess it's like wild 20s times. Yeah. So um, the teacher then heads to that nightclub for totally okay reasons. Yeah. He really wants him to talk to himself. He's only doing this for his students, mm-hmm. not because he's in any way interested. But when he gets to this nightclub, he runs into um, Lula Lula, who's the name of a singer there. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to call her Lula for short. Okay. And he pretty quickly falls in love with her. Mm. And eventually he even quits his job and they get married. Mm-hmm. But it pretty quick, quickly, we find out that she's pretty much just after his money. Because mm. apparently he's pretty wealthy. Mm-hmm. And when he eventually runs out of money, their relationship starts mm. going down the drain. And in the end, during some kind of weird circus act that he was forced to do, because he's now he's going on tour with them because he's out of money, mm. he discovers his wife with some artist they had making out. Mm. And he goes completely crazy. And uh, I think he even tries to strangle her, at which point he gets arrested and locked up. Until eventually, I think years later, he gets, uh, he gets out of prison again, gets back to his old school, and there, I think he like goes into the podium and then dies as, uh, for some reason. I don't know why he dies, but it's probably pretty dramatic. So that's the plot of that movie. Oh my god, yeah. you've given me a treat here. That's delicious. <laughs> Do you like the treat I gave you? Oh man, that's a great treat. Thank you so much. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, that's so good. Like even, it, it matches up so perfectly. Like... The the song is from the perspective... Let's say the song is from the perspective of the girls of the show. Let's Specifically, Kotonoha is the impre- important one here. The blue angel is Makoto. Mm. In, this, in the framing of this song. 
the blue angel being the one who dumps you as soon as they don't need you anymore and gets with someone else but who you long for mm. despite everything ah i hope you didn't just hear me pour iced tea into my glass <laughs> I, they probably did but who cares <laughs> oh man that's so good so we've discovered Another bit of intertextuality. Last time we discovered uh, a Kabuki play yes. that shares plot points with this. This time it's a German movie from the 30s. Who wrote this anime? Some kind of mad genius. <laughs> with mad genius obsessed with classic, classic literature from Japan and Germany. Movies from Germany. Okay, like if we say 1930s, then I think it's pretty reasonable. I don't know if that movie is well known in Japan. But Japan and Germany had some, let's say, friendly relations in the 1930s. Oh, oh no, it so doesn't go that way. <laughs> it might be possible that it's something that was sort of like... I know that a bit of media from Germany and Japan was transferred over at that time. No, so it from, might be something that's known in Japan. From what I've know. seen, I think there's an English version of this movie. So mm. it might be known in, in, in America or England. Yeah. But that's really interesting. Okay, lo so small small thing. This might be a coincidence. <laughs> this, is, this is absolutely impossible. But I'm going to treat it as it's not a coincidence. And that's the beauty of literary analysis. <laughs> that's, the, that's the author we killed. That's, we, let's, uh, I want to, okay, when, when we cut this, when we uh, do the editing on this, I want to have like a sh shotgun sound effect right here. Author dead. We killed Jones him. Dead, we killed him. It's Excellent over. work for you. Goodbye. This is <laughs> what? Okay, <laughs> it's it. over. Uh, it's not over. Okay, we let's get, get to more. the next author. So we're in the third scene now. This show must have had a few <laughs> authors. We can kill all of them. So welcome to the third scene. <laughs> With third scene. In. It's gonna be a bit shorter after we cut it. Okay. Okay, third scene. What happens? So uh, first, give me the get, deets. First, we get a thigh shot. Mm-hmm. Thigh shot of Sekai this time. This is the first time we see Sekai in this episode. Uh, is it also the first time we see Sekai's thighs? I don't think so. No, I think I'm we sure saw it in the last episode. Mm. So, we are introduced to Sekai's thighs for the second time. So um, now we have Sekai going completely nuts. Mm. Because apparently Makoto told her what happened on the date. Yeah. And she's really not very happy about that at all. Mm-hmm. She goes completely mad. Uh, she said that on his date, he even... He ran amok. That's literally what she says. Mm -hmm. Ran amok. Yeah, ran amok. Yeah. Mm. So I just wrote down, she completely overreacted. Because it seems a bit crazy. I I didn't feel that it was crazy, but I think there's different ways to look at it. I She kind of drags... Uh, she kind of criticizes him for just dragging Kotonoha along, basically, on this date after they talk a bit. His perspective on it isn't, what have I done wrong? at this his perspective on this is i failed basically the thing he was trying to do didn't work out at the end kotonoha didn't want to kiss him and he doesn't understand why mm -hmm. so what happens next i think is makoto making sort of a valid point hmm. because what ha happens is sekai says he did completely wrong he should have not tried to kiss her at all and i think he makes a valid point why did she kiss him out of nowhere then? Yeah. Which sort of like baffles her for a moment. And she then says that that kiss was like a greeting or whatever. Yeah, she just says a literally. Greeting. It was like a greeting, which he responds to with, we're in Japan. We don't do that here. He basically calls her out on, his, uh, on her bullshit at yeah. that point. 
I also thought that this is this is sort of interesting because I thought maybe the reason why he tried to kiss her and why this was an okay thing to do might have been sort of Sakai's influence because she kissed him out of nowhere. Mm. And I thought maybe he thought that this was just an okay thing to do. Although I think he says he read that he should do that in the book uh, at the end of the date or something like that. But yeah, from how he frames it here, at least, he says it was kind of what she did, that he sort of sees a kiss as not that big a deal because of what she did at that point. And if we go with this influence theme, uh, this sort of conversation ends with Sekai giving him film tickets to go see a movie with Kotonoha for the next date. And she basically promises him there. She later denies that she actually told him he should kiss her in the movie theater there. But at this point, what she pretty much clearly says to him is, if you go into the theater, it's dark there, you're going to sit there, watch something romantic, and then you're going to kiss. Yeah. So basically, if we take him as his, at his word that Sekai sort of influenced him to try to kiss her. She's doing it again. She's again telling him... Talk uh, about bad influences. Don't worry. Now you're going to get to kiss her. Now it's going to work out, dude. Yeah. So, so she gives him the cinema tickets. We get a lot of Dutch angles. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, then comes something very interesting, mm. I think, which is Cessna. Yeah, Sekai walks away from the situation yeah. and meets Cessna. Yeah, they kind of just have... He kind of just has a small talk, just says, just, oh, look at this guy, Makoto. He's like a totally hopeless case. And what then happens is Setsuna says that wasn't Sakai supposed to invite Makoto Mm -hmm. to the cinema? That she bought the tickets to invite him originally. And that really made me question, what does Setsuna know that we don't? Like, they're close friends, right? So I assume they talked about this in advance. And Sekai tries to brush it off at this point and says, "Uh, I don't have time for that anyways, Mm. I'm too busy. But she doesn't deny it. Actually, uh, when when Setsuna mentions, wasn't she supposed to go to the cinema with Makoto, she just blankly stares at the camera for eight seconds (laughs) until just laughing it off. Mm. I think she didn't expect this at all. Yeah. I think... uh, like, I think Setsuna is kind of onto her game, in a way. Mm. Uh, it was also in the first episode, where she mm. also said, why are you so invested in this dude? Yeah. Like, I I would think that Setsuna is just sort of worried about her friend, mm-hmm. like, getting in trouble. But from things that happened later, this gets completely contradicted. Although, no, I, I think the things later kind of still support that. Uh, when we get to that, we get to that. But generally... Setsuna's motivation seems to be to ha- have Sekai be happy. Yeah. That seems to genuinely be her c- motivation throughout most of it. And being kind of confused by what the fuck Sekai is doing here and what her game plan is. Yeah. So Setsuna is reintroduced, becomes our most important character for the most part uh, uh, at this point out of the ones who aren't the main three. And mm-hmm. sort of, yeah. She was, after all, the first person shown the intro that wasn't uh, any yeah. of the protagonists. I think there's also one shot, where, one additional shot where she's in. I, I'd have to look at it again. Uh, she basically gets one more shot than all the other secondary characters, I think, but I'd have to check again. Mm. So, if essentially, Sakai just kind of laughs it off and Chess says, I don't got time for that. Yeah. And then she leaves. And at this point, Setsuna just kind of sighs. And she does her thing sad. and stares. What does she want? What is she doing? She watched that entire conversation too. Yeah. She was just standing there. Yeah. 
I don't know. Like she she was standing there throughout the whole conversation, watched it, listened to it. Yeah, she, she's Sekai's friend, and she's confused yeah. by what the, Sekai's doing. Sekai Sekai kind of spends a lot of this episode just watching Makoto and Kitonoha and watching mm. what they're doing, and Sekai kind of watches her. Uh, Kotonoha kind of watches uh, uh, Kotonoha uh, Setsuna kind of watches the guy she's the stalker stalker (laughs) yeah there's one shot later on in the episode I think it's Sekai stalking someone but it could also be Setsuna stalking someone Uh, we'll get to that okay so now we move on to Makoto's place again yeah to a Makoto room scene where again he's wearing a blue pajama we have this grey room we have the blue angel we have German movies from the 30s yeah we have these obvious allegories to (laughs) German movies from the 30s. Perfect. Uh, Here happens what you mentioned earlier. Makoto reads his love manual and she says that apparently... What was it again? Something that was outdated. Uh, Being... He said that at the start, that being too late is outdated. At the first Mm, time when he's standing there reading the book. But he said something else there. Yeah, uh, he he basically like reiterates what Sekai told him as something that's in the book. When he can be in the cinema with her... He can expect a kiss in the dark and romantic atmosphere or whatever. Uh, he's basically playing out his moves on Kotonoha. And something that I think is interesting here, too, with a theme for the entire half of this episode, uh, once we're going to get to it in the entire episode in the end, is he kind of stands up and does, like, fighting moves. Yeah, uh, he sort of goes through his idea of how he wants the day to be. And as he talks about to himself... As he talks about holding her hand and holding her, he literally does punching moves in the air. Yeah, which to me is a callback to the arcade game. Basically, him trying to plan out the date the same way you do a combo in a fighting game. Like, these are the exact moves that I have to do to win in the end. Which, yeah, uh, we're going to be done with this half of the episode soon and then I'm going to get to all of it. But I think there's an interesting theme brewing here. So he also talks about wanting a kiss this is what he really mm. wants this date to lead to he wants to get a kiss from her but as he kind of talks about like what what he should he do to prepare he should brush his teeth mm. he also says that he should wear some new underwear and that made me question whether he <laughs> just wants to kiss her or not why why would that be relevant yeah be, being prepared for anything i i guess but yeah still it's kind of weird hey at least he's getting a shower probably mm. before That's he's nice. meeting with her there's one more thing that's more um, than I'd expect from a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> There's one more thing. He looks at the movie tickets and figures out that they only account for another day. Yeah. And uh, are those some kind of universal movie tickets? For I any think that's movie? universal tickets. Yeah. yeah. You can watch any movie with that or something. After, like, I know that in America it sometimes works like that. Like you buy a general ticket and then you get in and from there you get to choose which movie you want to see. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense considering what happens in the cinema. <laughs> yeah. We cut to another scene of preparation for this date now. Okay, this is interesting because we've had something very similar in the previous episode. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a scene of Makoto kind of going through and imagining how he wants things to go. And then we get sort of an equivalent shot of Kotonoha, except it's way shorter. It has almost nothing substantial in it. And, and it's, it's extremely sexualized. sexualized. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we cut to Kotonoha in the form of a slow, crawling shot of her naked backside in the bath, which is a uh, choice, choice gaze there. I think it's interesting what she does, though, because what she says is she questions herself whether she is allowed to be like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't sure what she meant. I think what she really means is 
not immediately kissing him. Yeah. Should she be allowed to, like, show any kind of personality here? Yeah, is it unfair? Is it unfair to Makoto to have your own pace at which you're going? Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty it's bad, pretty actually. Bad. Uh, and then her little sister comes yeah, in. Yeah, she, she stands up from the bathtub. We get a cinematic boob wiggle from the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. And... Her sister just walks in. Apparently, you just can't lock your ba- bathroom in Japan. Yeah. She just walks into her sister naked and she doesn't, like, flinch or something. I don't know. Maybe they're just cool with that. Maybe just they're just a really cool family. They're just a really cool family. And then she walks off and that's the end of this shot. I just want to talk about something real quick. Kotonoa's little sister. Kotonoa's little sister is my favorite character in school days. Mm. She doesn't really do anything. But she's also the only character whose name I can remember always. Her name is Kokoro, which just means heart in Japanese because everyone has fairly obvious names. And also, she's the only female character in the show that doesn't want to bang Makoto as far as we know. Yeah, that's good. Oh god, please do. <laughs> she's also the only one who isn't nude in the opening. <laughs> oh god, which, uh, thank god. I'm, I'm giving this show very little credit, but that much credit I'm going to give them. The so, little girl isn't naked. Mm-hmm. The other little girl is naked in the opening. Of uh, course. Setsuna, but Spe- I yeah. think she's of age. <laughs> Speaking of, here's a lot of things I needed to mention here that I haven't mentioned since. Mm. As the cinema scene progresses... Yeah, um, we've gone to the theater now, right? Yeah, as the cinema scene progresses, I was questioning how old are these characters anyway? Mm. Because this is this is not a movie for children anyway. Yeah. So. Although, like, most horror movies are PG-16. Yeah. And most yeah. sexual things. Yeah, it depends. So, there's an excruciating amount of character detail about every character on the wiki. For example, I can tell you now that Makoto's blood type is zero. Just that's so something you know. that's always in visual novels and animes. Everybody yeah. knows what their blood types are. This is Why important. would I want to know that? Now we know that he can donate blood to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Is that symbolic? <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> uh, he should. He should donate all his blood right now. Oh, he's going to. <laughs> hey, hey. Anyway, um, it also states the exact date of birth mm. and their age. And that well, that confused me a lot. Because it says, for example, Kotonoha. Oh, no, this is going to be terrible. Okay, go through. No, it says that Kotonoha was born in 1989. Mm. And it says that she's 15 to 16. This is strange because that would mean that the anime takes place in 2004 or 5. But the love manual said 2007 yeah. on it. Yeah. So either in the anime, all of their dates of birth are moved later. Yeah, I assume. I assume that. Or everyone's just three years older now. Which would be very much preferred uh, because it would make things a little less creepy uh, with their age. But I I assume it's just moved forward and the visual novel takes place in 2003-4. What I also really had to know was how old is Setsuna because she seems too young to be in this plot. Uh So she was apparently born in 1990, which means that she's 14 or 17 if we're three years later. Yeah. So that's how old she is. Okay, she just looks like yeah. a little... She's, she's for the people who she's want sold. a character who looks like a little of girl. Of course. At least she's not as young as I thought she would be. She's so not actually nice. a little girl. And she's just a little girl. Another fun fact. If you Google School Days characters, mm-hmm. you get a cast of nine characters in a row and the order is very interesting. Okay. Uh, I think first it's Sakai, then Kotonoha, then Sakai's sister... And I think then... Kotonoha's Mar- sister. 
Yeah, then Kotono has sister. Wait, yeah, so, so not Sekai's sister. Sekai doesn't have a sister, yeah, right? No. Okay, I then, thought. No. So it, the order is, I think Sekai, Kotonoha, Kotonoha's sister, then Daisuke. Who was Daisuke? Uh, the buddy. The buddy? Yeah, in before. <laughs> and guess who the last one in the list is who doesn't even have an image? Makoto? Yeah. <laughs> okay, my assumption is that the visual novel's main character is just you. Yeah. Like, you write in your name, and that's the main character. So Makoto is basically a creation for the anime, as sort of, like, the representation of the main character. Most visual novels kind of do this, right? Like, you're the one playing the plot. Yeah. I think maybe Makoto is was just added for the anime, I'm not yeah, sure. That's, prob- that's probably it. Just... Let's just gotta look it up real quick. I'm gonna pour myself some freeway cola light in the meantime. Go to your local Lidl. Uh, this show is sponsored by Lidl. Oh, no, we're doing I, this I, again. I fucking wish it was. Sadly, it isn't. Has the order changed or something? Okay, there it is. Yeah. So we get Kotonoha first, then Sekai, then Taisuke, and then Kokoro. Okay, so I assume like these three are the ones you talk to most in the show. Mm-hmm. But also... Okay. <sighs> The first three characters are Kotonoha, Sekai, and Taisuke. In the season, three love stories. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> hey, 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 you cowards who made the anime. Where's the Taisuke love Where's the Taisuke love plot? Well, there's one. There yeah, is but one. that's count. I want Makoto and Taisuke. Don't we all? Don't we all? Don't we all want that? That's the thing I think whenever, like, I played very few visual novels, very few dating sims, but I always just want to be with my best friend of the same gender. They're the best one for me. Why can't I be with them? Why do I have to be with these shitty dudes? I want to be with my best friend. Mm -hmm. So the next shot is the cinema, or the next scene is the cinema, I should say. Uh, We're going to finish the cinema scene, and after that, we're going to cut the episode and then continue in the next one. Okay. So now we have Kotonoha and Makoto on their second date. Mm. And with the universal ticket they have, I guess, mm-hmm. they get a choice of three movies. Uh, namely, The Day Off of the Dead 2. The Day <laughs> Off of the Dead 2. <laughs> Emilia's Love and Wolf Woman 2. Lots of sequels today. Ah, it's, it's a good day for sequels, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the original ones were in the visual now. Mm. So, so, yeah, basically we have a shot so. here where... It's kind of, like, hinted at which one they're going to watch. Makoto uh, asks her, like, what do you want to see? And Kotonoha sort of gives an ambivalent answer. I don't know, what did she say exactly? I I thought she didn't say anything in particular. Oh, yeah, right, she just kind of looked at one of them. So the camera pans over to the day of of the dead two. So kind of emphasizing that this is really the movie Makoto wants to watch. Yeah. Because he's a big boy. He <laughs> wants to watch boy. the watch zombie film. The zombies. And then there's one really short shot where we see the zombie movie. Yeah, where we see the zombies attacking. And for one moment, it almost seemed like the show was this close to establishing Kotonoha having any kind of character Yeah, because it kind of seems like the movie she picks is the horror movie. And I wish that was true. Yeah, that would have been really fun. Like what? She likes horror movies? But then we just figure out the characters in the romance movie are just watching that horror movie. And uh, it's just, they just went into the romance movie. So meta, holy. 
<laughs> oh, movies and movies? Ooh, okay. we're going really out there now. Anyway, speaking of movies and movies, <laughs> we, mm -hmm. they now watch um, the romantic movie called Emilia's Love. Yeah. So the plot, I just wrote down like one line. Uh, we have Emilia, who I guess is the protagonist, because yeah. that's the film's name. Um, Amelie. Amelie, Amelie. <laughs> and we have some guy called Peter, who she's apparently with. And some other woman called Chris, who apparently introduced Peter to Amelia. Do you want to know the one sentence I wrote about the movie? Yeah. Uh, this movie is literally about the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course it is. It's very obviously literally about the mm. show. I, yeah, also the next comment I made is, Kotonoha points out the obvious. Yeah, Kotonoha that says, hey, that's like us. Oh, really, Kotonoha? I didn't notice. Mm. Please, Kotonoha, please refrain from that. We're the ones doing the meta-analysis, okay? You don't have to do that. We do that already. Okay. Uh, so next we get my favorite line in the, sh in the thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or my favorite part, which is where Katonoha says, Makoto is kind of like Peter because he's cool. <laughs> and, because Peter's cool. And I wish we would get more of this Metal Gear Solid kind of dialogue. <laughs> Katonoha. Do, Do you, you think, think the light bloom even on the battlefield? <laughs> I wish we would get more of that stuff in less actual school days. And then Makoto answers that with, uh, I think you're like uh, Amelia, but, but you're not like Amelia because yeah. you're way more pretty than Amelia, which again... Romance. Romance, but also it kind of shows off again his approach to romance, which is just going way too much out. Like, she said something that's actually kind of sweet, and he had mm. to immediately one-up her. No, 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 no. I love you more than that. I will always love you twice, time as much. <laughs> uh, I love you infinite more. Huh? But no. Can't do that. So he almost fucks it up. That's what I wrote down. Mm -hmm. And then the movie transitions to a sex scene. Yeah. The reason why I looked up the age of, the, of all of yeah. these characters. And as the characters uh, fuck on screen... Mm -hmm. The only thing Makoto does, he doesn't look at the screen. After he looked at the pinups before, his eyes are glued to Kotonoha. He can only look at Kotonoha and describes the things he finds beautiful about her bit by bit. Of course, the camera follows his gaze very literally. First, he's laser focused on her lips, which I very much didn't appreciate because the lips are horrible. And then when he remembers Sekai's advice, he leers at her uh, big breasts. For a of bit. course he does. Here's my notes for what happens after that. He then acts super creepy. As he physically approaches her. Uh, so it goes really bad again. And we get the the best scene in this movie again. This is generally just the best scene in the film. Because he in gets the show. His, he get in the show because yeah. he gets a yeah, slap yeah, yeah, in yeah. the face. Yeah, he, he tries to he first puts his hand on her hand, and she seems shocked by that. Like, just hand-holding as the next step seems pretty big for her. And after she's clearly kind of weirded out by him just trying to hold her hand, he tries to force a kiss. And yeah. he gets slapped. This is reality coming back to Makoto. Yeah, this is the point where I thought, here should be the fake credits joke. Credits walk down, shows And then we see the end of the film, which ends with the analog to Sekai. It's basically just Sekai, but in the movie, getting with the analog to Makoto and him betraying the analog to Kotonoha. 
Which, again, is very, very obvious and heavy-handed foreshadowing. Yeah. After that, there's a so- short scene. I think that's going to be the last uh, thing we talk about. Or, like, two short scenes. One yep. is that Makoto and Kotonoha have sort of an awkward dinner at, like, a cafe after this. So she didn't get away immediately and dump him immediately, which mm. she definitely should have, but no, she didn't. They sit at a dinner, and it basically, everything that happens there, there is that Makoto blames everything on Sekai. He does this a couple more times. Yeah. And at this point... He calls her a nosy girl again. Yeah. And, and well, at this point, Makoto, I no, Kotonoha, I think sort of suspects that maybe Makoto also has a thing for Sakai mm. because she calls him out on it. Yeah. She's worried about how close they are. And after that happens a line from Makoto that I wrote down again because I thought it was the most fucking hilarious thing ever. Mm. When she says, you both are too, uh, you are too close to each other, he says, basically she just sits next to me. And yeah, that completely describes their relationship before the show. <laughs> wow, you seem really close to each other. I don't know how that happened. She just sits next to me. <laughs> She, she, everything came from her. She just sits next to me. It's a lot pretty of, funny. There's a lot of involuntary confrontation in this show. Yeah. And in the end, the date ends with mm-hmm. the train station again. Yeah. As Kotonoha apologizes. Yeah, she apologizes to him again after and, everything that happened. And then she just storms off. Yeah. She runs off <sighs> after apologizing again. Yes. So... We've seen two dates in this episode, and I think something that's become kind of obvious here and that I want to kind of focus on in my interpretation of this half of the episode and a bit of the next episode where it kind of gets resolved is Makoto's approach to dating, which I think is a nice bit of meta text, a nice bit of meta fiction that kind of shows one aspect of what this show might be trying to do, because... How does Makoto go about the date? First, he got like... He didn't really ask Sekai. Sekai sort of arranged everything for him. And after that, he got out and bought this love book, this love manual, and then tried to follow the steps in the love manual. At the date originally, where they went to, he overdid everything he wanted to give to her. Instead of giving her, like, this one puppet, he gives her ten puppets. Instead of giving her something from the menu, he gives her a whole bunch of shit. And at this state, he tries to rush beyond her pace. She, uh, to her, hand-holding is scandalous, and he tries to rush the kiss. I think Makoto, as literally the player insert character in the visual novel is going about this like someone playing a dating sim or a video game in general. He's going about it by first reading basically the game guide, telling him how the game works, trying to follow these steps perfectly, and instead of giving her like one gift as you would maybe in a visual novel, he gives her 10 to get the maximum results. He even literally plays a video game at the arcade and compares the steps he's going to do to fighting moves in a video game. There's a very clear relationship here between his approach to dating and playing a video game. And what that ultimately comes down to is first Sekai telling him it doesn't work like that. You can't just go about it like a game. You have to think about what she wants, not what you want to achieve. And all the things he tries to do in the same way you do them in a game, in the same steps you'd follow with the love manual, 
absolutely don't work out for him. Completely turned to shit. He completely fails at them. So I see this as sort of a meta-commentary on visual novels and dating sims in total. That life isn't like a dating game. If you really want to date someone, you have to think about them. You have to think about what they might want, and there's no one right path to it. Uh, at first I thought, the last time we tried to record this episode, at first I thought it was kind of a bit insane, but I kind of thought that throughout the entire episode, this becomes more relevant later, Makoto never truly apologizes. Mm. He's mo- There's mo- multiple times where he's edged to apologize to Katonoha. He never really does. He always just tries to figure out what he did wrong or blames anyone else, blames somebody yeah. else, usually Sakai. Or Kotonoha blames herself uh, for him, basically. Yeah. He just never does anything wrong. He just never understands. Yeah, he never understands that he is to blame for his failures. Mm-hmm. He just thinks, yeah, again, kind of like when you've lost in a video game too much and you get to the point where you're like, shitty game. Uh, why did they fucking do it like that? I'm doing everything right. Why am I failing? Mm. and we should keep an eye on that side of Makoto because that's something that's gonna sort of be present throughout the entire show like I specifically remember a scene from the last episode in some of the last moments of the show where Makoto still thinks the exact same way Mm. why are these things happening to me I did everything right yeah Makoto never learns yeah he kind of doesn't learn from his failures Yeah, I think that's it for this episode then. Yeah, Uh, we'll be back with the next one, which will be the second half of episode two. I'm also gonna, in that one, give a bit more background. I thought that it might be nice to, in these episodes, give a bit of like a a lecture on critical theory, for example, on some sort of film analysis or literary analysis theory. Uh, that I can explain to my brother here, who isn't that well versed in this, and by extension to all of you. Um, to have sort of an educational part of this whole shit show Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe get some value out of all of this at the end. So none of you who uh, have to go study literature or film studies and can study something that's useful and makes you money maybe at some point. So do we we have an idea for an outro by this point? Mm. No, bye. Yeah, okay, bye.